the other thing, the other thing, like this is this not, is, this is not a political podcast. podcast. Right? Oh my god. Okay, I don't this even is, want to do it. This is this is this is, this is no reason to even bring this up on this beautiful day, because we're talking about something that's near and dear to my heart. Is it um, the newest game on everyone's minds? Is it Ultimate Chicken Horse? Ultimate Chicken Horse. Yeah. So Ultimate Chicken Horse. It's the latest multiplayer game. Uh, not that new, right? It's been around for four years. Wait, uh, hold on. This is what everyone's talking about. Everyone's right. talking about this Ultimate Chicken Horse game. Uh, so in Ultimate Chicken Horse, you and up to three friends are essentially competing to get to the end of a level. And once you do it, each of you gets the opportunity to add one object into the level, right? So one person might add like another platform. Another person might add a spike trap. And then as the course gets more and more complex, you are trying to get to the end while putting traps, you know, in people's way that are going to prevent them from doing it. But you're you also making it, it more difficult for you. Yeah. So it's this, this trade-off. And then essentially uh, you keep adding and adding on to the stage until one person gets enough points to be declared the winner. I had to look at uh, this. You get more points for getting to the end first. And you also get points if uh, your traps uh, killed somebody. This came out uh, you know, originally March 2016. Why are you talking yeah. about this? Because uh, I just played it. And uh, if it's new to me, it's new, you know? Uh, so it's pretty cool. You know, you got your a lot of unlockable characters, good art style. I think it's got like 25 different levels. Uh, unlockable objects are cool. And you can actually play this game. I don't know if you've heard of this, by remote play which essentially means that one per only one person has to own the game. And then you can essentially just like, uh, they could share with you and be like, you know, so-and-so James wants to remote play ultimate chicken horse with you. And you just click the invite and, and you're in. You're I can't believe you're doing this even right now. You don't own it. I can't believe you're doing right? this. Uh, so it's pretty cool. I think that's, uh, and, and, you know, in this coronavirus era where people are looking for ways to connect with one another, um, Ultimate Chicken Horse is really simple, and I think that, you know, even your non-gamer friends can enjoy it. Why are you doing this? Uh, because it's game. It's the one everyone's talking about. I, I wanted to make sure that we were, you know, covering it. This is what people are playing right now. This is the coronavirus game. It sounds like a coronavirus game. It, it's weird, right? Because I, I think that for where when we are now, like... So many games are going to be remembered. I don't know if you have this where like certain albums you associate with like certain parts of your life. That yeah, coronavirus is Animal Crossing and Valorant. And it's it's crazy, right? Animal Crossing is going to so many people are going to associate Animal Crossing uh with the coronavirus. And uh on the besties, Justin McElroy says that he thinks that Animal Crossing is possibly the Animal Crossing New Horizons is possibly the most important game release of all time. And I could totally see that, right? Of not, all not time? Of, of all time. And not in terms of how it pushes things forward, but in terms of like what it means to people and like the amount of comfort that it's providing to people uh, in these uncertain times. I right? do agree with that. I mean, like I do know a lot of people who are playing it and I want to be friends with even more people who are playing it because like just... There, there's so much there is so much good in it there's so much sweetness and sincerity in it and 
the idea of like uh you know having these daily routines we talked about this already though like the the idea yeah. of having these daily routines they they effed it up hard though cuz i think last time we were talking about it was prior to the whole egg day fiasco um sure. so like that what is it bunny day or whatever bunny um, day yeah so this idiot in a in a bunny costume starts coming around hiding eggs everywhere and basically like 90% of the time you try and fish you get an egg or you're like trying to chop wood and you get wood eggs or you're trying to get fossils and you get ground eggs or you're trying to get recipes and furniture from the sky and you get sky eggs it ruined the game <laughs> like they took them too long to fix it they fixed it like five days before the event was over but it lasted from april 1st to april 12th and they fixed it yeah. way too late and it was, it was their first time trying something like this. i mean so. it's too bad too because they tried something and it was awful it was legitimately awful it made me not want to play the game because it was like i want to fish and i want to do stuff that is going to help out the game but but these eggs are just they're they're stymieing you at every which way every corner this is not what this podcast is about yeah so it's good though right it gives people like a, a sense of control in these uh times where a lot of people don't have that uh but i'm just riffing off other podcasts uh yep. so, so there was another game you mentioned you said that uh the coronavirus so far for you the your games playlist right your your mixtape is animal crossing and then you said valorant, valorant. so we, game? we did game talk a little out. bit what we is, did talk a that? little bit about it um what last podcast uh so now that we are actually playing it um valorant we're playing valorant what's valorant valorant is the new game by riot games there's this is their <laughs> third game i Who's guess Riot games so they they league of legends people isn't it weird that riot games is uh produces probably uh the biggest game in the world probably still the biggest game in the world uh with league of legends and people probably still don't know who they are yeah even if they've heard of league of legends they probably don't know riot games yeah right because thus far riot games has put out one title league of legends that's yeah it. and then now all of a sudden they're turning into like a video game company and not yeah, a League they're, of Legends they're going company. to be publishing games. They're they're acquiring studios and they're publishing games. Yeah, so this was a game that we were we were kind of excited about, and I was playing some Counter Strike to get ready for it. This is uh, very much aggressively. It's it it's probably the game that most is what it looks like. If you watch streams of it, and this was the big big Twitch game, it was breaking records <laughs> um, because of a like a kind of uh, fiasco ish yeah. kind of thing, but um. Uh, it looks so, it, it looks how it plays. It it is Counter Strike yeah. 1.6 specifically. Um, it is very slow movement, very low time to kill. Um, like any with gun, a, yeah, is going to basically headshot you to death. Um, with abilities, with like hero with hero abilities, hero abilities. Yeah, with uh, with your Overwatch characters and one of the more interesting and... things about that though is like I I really like that the abilities. So the so the gunplay is first and foremost. And yeah. this is one of the, this is like a super hardcore FPS. This is like, yeah, this so is like, you need counter... to know how to aim. And and these are Counter-Strike rules, right? So this is a round-based game uh, where if you die, you're out for that round. And the first team to 13-1 rounds uh, wins the game. Yeah, 5v5. It's search and destroy. So there's five people defending a site 
and five people attacking and usually there's either two or three bomb sites the attackers bring a bomb to a bomb site and they try and plant it but if one of the sides completely dies then that the other side wins or if the attackers plant the bomb and then the defenders defuse the bomb so it's kind of two games in one like i always thought that the counter-strike game mode was so brilliant because um people who are playing it and ignoring the objective as long if they're getting the kills they are kind of helping so the yeah. game is both a death match and then it turns into like in the case of like a stalemate or a slower game it can turn into like a def- bomb defusal kind of thing yeah so uh, there are some other carryovers from counter-strike uh some of which is going to create friction for people who have never played counter-strike yeah uh, I, I first picked up counter-strike in 2014 i think no 2004 i have played counter-strike i haven't played it all this time but i started playing counter-strike uh 16 years ago and there are some things about it that are very different from other games uh the biggest one is that the bullets do not always go where you're aiming right so typically when you fire a gun if you're standing still the first couple of bullets will go where your crosshair is, and then they start to travel away from your crosshair. So in other first-person shooters, it's very common that uh, your gun will move, and the bullets will essentially spread out in a random recoil pattern. Around that crosshair, will, right? And then yeah. the, and then your gun will like kick up. Will compens- yeah, and then you'll have to pull your gun down to compensate for the recoil. And in this gun, you're in this game, you're also pulling the gun down to compensate the recall, recoil. But it leads you to aiming at people's feet to shoot uh, their head, to shoot them in the head, which has always been uh, the joke about Counter Strike, but also not a joke because it's also the way it's that very the shooting true. works. Yeah, which is uh, which, which I, I don't know why they chose that gunplay uh maybe i think because... it feels really good i think there's something that like like when you are controlling a spread a spray really well um i think that feels really good um i don't know there's something game, satisfying about yeah. it unlike counter-strike though the sprays in this game are not hard-coded uh, you cannot fully predict the sprays in this game. Yeah, but typically, like, I, I think that there's a couple things I would like to see on, like, the way, like, further down this conversation. Yeah. There's there's certain things I would maybe like to see. Yeah, we, we could get um, there. But we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, we are. Well, we'll start at the, at the high level of, like, yeah, so the shooting is like this. So people coming from Call of Duty. You are not running and gunning. From Rainbow Six. Yeah, first off. Uh, in Call of Duty, you're not for the biggest change. Uh, if you are a Call of Duty player, and let's say you're a pro Call of Duty player, you're very high rated. The biggest change in this is actually around Peeker's advantage, uh, which we can get to. But essentially, this is a game uh, that is very balanced uh, in terms of lag. So that is also one of their selling features. It's just like the network code and everything. Uh, if you have a good network this game is going to feel extremely smooth, even if you're fighting people who have a poor network. Uh, yeah. And that was one of their key tenants. And the other key tenant being uh, no they're cheaters. doing everything in their power to keep cheaters at bay. Yeah, including a hyper-aggressive anti-cheat called Vanguard that installs at a kernel level in memory and 
uh, starts up at computer startup. It's one of the first things your computer will load. And it's kind of um, been a mini controversy, but it's weird because some of that or a lot of that controversy is, is talking is points creative. from yeah. from cheaters. Um, so like yeah, it is people. It, it is cheaters trying to get people to trust the anti-cheat less. Yeah. So there was like there was literally posts on the subreddit of like people screenshotting forums at that in the creepiest way of like people saying here's some talking points that you should be do, spreading around is like oh this can that my privacy or or even saying like wow this is the kind of garbage level stuff that I install I'm an IT guy and I install garbage on grandma's computer to, to to make them come back to me to pay money for it and this is basically that what Riot's doing and all this kind of like yeah. disgusting talking points like that you know that seeing that yeah. alone makes me excited because yeah if, because if, in other words the anti-cheat is pretty powerful yeah right? if the anti-cheat is is working at a level that like basically cheaters are like I'm, I'm from what i'm hearing cheaters are paying so much money because this is the big big game and cheaters are paying so much money thousands of dollars literally to have like wall hack first of all wall hacks don't work due to a thing called fog of war which basically like has a block a vision block inside of terrain it's fascinating right like this this is so there are ways and i and we can talk about this later this game has a lot of similarities to League of Legends, and we'll get to that. Yeah. So, so, but anyway, yeah. So, it so is that, a shooter. So, so it's it that, th those are. But, but like to go back to it, some of the core tenants, and this is so important to me, is that is the one, economy one twenty eight tick servers. <laughs> All right. Um. So server base with no sort of peer to peer or anything like that. So you're not getting that. Like you're. I've never ever. I have never ever in fifty hours. I have never ever noticed um, someone like sliding around the map. I've never been shot, shot by someone I can't corner. see. Yeah, shot around yeah. a corner or something like that. Um, I've never ever noticed any lag ever. I, I swear. Like, I've never I even, that's never crossed my mind. Um, 128 tick servers means that the server is refreshing what uh, people are, the inputs that people are giving it uh, 128 times a second. So it's very, very smooth. So, like, the server is really really close to what you're doing the slower the tick rate the less information the less the less amount of times that the server is asking information from the players so if you had a really low tick rate people would be able to you know be moving around a corner and the server doesn't know yet and sometimes they have like predictive um ai that is like judging that someone probably is trying to continue walking in a certain direction and it causes it to be like this person walks around a corner but they really weren't walking around a corner and then they got shot and all this kind of mess so the main idea is like they are really preaching like no cheaters high tick rate servers that are with like no lag so the game is really smooth and you uh can the the gameplay feels good and you also can more blame it on yourself and not feel like yeah. the game is frustrating you. So those are big things. And they specifically aimed it at Counter-Strike players because I was already complaining about this, these kind of things in Counter-Strike. So they are they were very aggressive in like, we are making a Counter-Strike style game and we are looking at the things that people always talk about hating in Counter-Strike. And the thing is, uh, there are people who sort of did this um, but took it in different directions, right? So 
another game like Counter-Strike and like this is uh, Rainbow Six Siege, right? But the gunplay is different. Uh, the pacing is different. And that is a game that is less about shooting and more about uh, gathering intel. And uh, essentially, for as prolific in you know gaming culture as Counter-Strike is, no one has taken a shot at this. Yeah. It's, so it's it's pretty weird, it's, right? Like it's pretty weird because this is this is kind of the league to Dota, right? Like where Counter Strike is definitely a little bit more hardcore, and this is the flashier, more cartoony, um, a little bit more friendly game. But like Counter Strike, despite the behemoth that it is, despite the fact that it's getting the best numbers it's ever gotten. Like, it doesn't really have competition next to it. Like, I wouldn't say that Counter-Strike occupies a, a, a real space with, like, Siege. So, one of the things that has me interested in Valorant uh, is... Uh, I've talked about how this is the best Call of Duty uh, that there has ever been right now. Call of Duty Modern Warfare uh, 2019. It is the best that Call of Duty has ever been. But next year maybe they change it, right? There's a very high chance that the Call of Duty that people are going to be playing next year is not going to be this one, and that's a bummer. They're going to ruin it, whatever. With Valorant, I know that this is a game that is going to stick around, right? This is a game that will be played for years. If you know, if they take care of it in the right way, if they cultivate it correctly, uh, there is not a Valorant 2 that comes out in a couple of years. Yeah, um, and, and this I is also Riot Games, right? So they they have League going for over a decade. And yeah, this is their 10-year anniversary going on right now. And they still care very much about it. I think that they generally, from uh, a like consumer standpoint, I think that they treat their consumers very well. And they're, they, at least with League, they were always really good about communication. They're one of the best... Uh, at communicating with their player base and about finding the middle ground between what the player base is really asking for and trying to shift things so that everyone is a little bit more satisfied. I think that they do a fantastic fantastic job with that. Um, they're uh, they're generally really trustworthy uh, company. I like the hand the way they're handling this with uh, uh, it similar to League. It's going to be a free to play game and you're more just like buying cosmetics or the like agents in the game yeah you're gonna be buying uh weapon skins uh mostly and and they have some cool ideas for weapon skins uh you know i i think that they're gonna make some sales on those on those weapon skins on those uh character skins which aren't there yet but you know i wonder if they'll do character skins i wonder if it's like a little bit scary because Uh, i don't know is it a little bit weird to make all those skins for league of legends i don't know i i guess it's i mean you always worry about like what skins mean because this is going to be a very competitive game right up right off the bat um i i i also like how riot's handling it um i know with overwatch it felt like right away blizzard was like we are esportsing this and we are making a league and this is what we're doing and it was happening at a time when i really felt like overwatch didn't deserve it it was kind of upsetting because like when we were originally playing overwatch uh like we had a blast in the beta and when the game came out everyone was playing it and everyone was having a good time but 
uh, do, there were certain things in the game, like, like balance was kind of always off, but it was way worse in the beginning. And I remember there being tournaments, and the tournaments were like, it's three Tracer, two Lucio, because back then you could p- pick any character you wanted. And it kind of was like, you know, they were releasing the game in this, like, we're still exploring, and it's an, st- an exploratory state. And yet we're, you know, people are making money off of it. There are tournaments. Yeah. People's livelihoods are based off of it. So stuff was happening sure. that I think made the game look bad. I think from a spectator standpoint, early Overwatch was like, they don't have this under control. And then even as they made these choices of like um, making it so that the characters had to be unique and everything like that, or locking down there has to be the X amount of tanks or X amount of healers and DPS, even when they started doing that kind of stuff, I felt like it was a little bit too late, and I don't yeah. think that the game so, ever looked great from a uh, Sure, so back to the spectator. skins and how you think that factors in. Um, do you think that... Uh, I feel like this game is is very readable, right now it's extremely readable and, i think yeah. I, like one of the uh one of the things that that uh i was saying was that uh with rainbow six siege we were we were recently playing that um the game uh you know it usually takes place in these buildings and one one group is attacking it's kind of it's almost like similar but uh yeah. but there is a lot of like shadows in the buildings and the time to kill is really low so there were times where like just some of that is just my being bad or being new and i would kind of like turn a corner and not recognize that there was someone like crouched in a corner because they're wearing dark colors and the corner is dark and like the the yeah. game has a lot of like atmospheric effects and a lot of like I, yeah, lighting and bloom it's also it's also intentionally cluttered so that you can hide devices in it right? yeah it is, the, the the buildings are very cluttered and all this leads to a lot of like visual no, noise that like you can turn a corner and not notice someone sitting there or not notice an important trap and it's a part of the game but it also feels frustrating and it feels kind of cheap this game definitely is like not trying to trick you the enemies you have bright yeah, red outlines no there is no way that you miss seeing somebody. Yeah, the enemies everybody, these... everybody glows. Like every enemy ability glows a red color. So like you can also distinguish between like your team's abilities versus the enemy team's abilities because there's glows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the the payment model is is going to be this game is free and they'll make all their money off of microtransactions and I'm I'm sure there will be battle passes and they'll make a killing on those and you'll be able to, you know, buy voice lines to taunt people and sprays and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Right out the gate, the kind of cosmetic stuff that they're looking at is like, uh, from gun skins to gun buddies, the, their terminology for those like little pendants that hang off guns. Yeah. Charms. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you'll be able to buy like a nice, uh, victory dance, right? Some Fortnite dances. Oh God. I would not like that. I would actually not really like that, but well, I mean, they already have sprays. Like, I don't think they need to have a Fortnite dance, but you know, maybe the kids need it. I, so one of the, so of the, the kind of questions I wanted to ask is like, so this is, uh, I, I think it, it certainly is less frustrating to get into than just suddenly saying it's 2020 i'm gonna get into counter-strike but they're they're both very hardcore games i think that it's also like even a hard proposition to think about playing league right now because there's there's so much information 
that you need uh, before you start to feel comfortable and can start to have that counterplay. Um, this game also is coming in with kind of a lot of transferable skills. Uh, yeah, which with is the CSGO actually a players. problem, right? Because because that means that the first off the audience that is playing this game now is better than the average audience will be when this game releases because the people who are playing this now are people who watch Twitch streams, which are people who are, you know, heavily invested in gaming. Yeah. And because this is this is going to be a game that a lot of people play that are not interested in shooters because it is Riot Games. I a lot of people who play League of Legends are going to be playing this. People are going to move from Overwatch, uh, which is also not a game that requires good shooting skills, and they'll come over to this too. Yeah, uh, so it's kind of, it's like, it's thoughts, interesting. You know, that's just a, we're, we're just going to walk by that, right? What? We'll, we'll just we'll just leave those uh, Overwatch players insulted. Their game doesn't take any yeah. shooting skill. Um, I, well, I mean, like, so, so so one of the big things also is like, to, to, another thing to go back to is like, Overwatch does have these like big, big, crazy abilities that are, that are so integral to the character. Um, uh, one thing we also didn't really mention was like, there's an economy, you're buying guns every round, that's similar, another similar thing to Counter-Strike, and that the guns are really meant to get the kills. There's one character that is frustrating not, everybody yeah. that is yeah. that actually kills people but the other abilities are informational abilities stuff like trip wires or cameras and stuff like that yeah so they're I not mean, things they're, that they're, like yeah there are character classes right so there are characters that are built around like blocking off areas uh the the sentinel class like um cypher and sage which are meant to like create barriers that people can't like get through whether it's because people are afraid of the information that's going to be gathered or there's just a physical wall there are characters who are controllers, and these are characters like Omen and Viper and Brimstone who have these giant smoke abilities uh, where essentially they're able to obscure areas to uh, make it easier to pass, right? Like you could smoke off a sniping vantage point so that your team can move uh, across the field. Uh, yeah. There are characters who are duelists. Um, these are characters like Jet and like Phoenix who have... Uh, flashbangs mid-fight abilities uh you know jet has the ability to do double jumps and triple jumps and do dashes uh and phoenix has the ability to make walls of fire that he can use to heal himself or throw out like a a flashbang around a corner yeah or you know his ultimate ability is uh he alts and he gets an extra life for uh 10 seconds and then it rewinds him back i think i think it's interesting Uh, though because uh you said like mid fight abilities and one of the big things with this game i feel like is that they're they 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 want you to use an ability and then push into the room with a gun um like even some of the characters that are they're duelists like uh phoenix has a flashbang he like makes a little fire in his hand and then he can and then it kind of curves he can like figure he can decide which way it's going to curve so the idea is you're standing at a corner you curve a flashbang around it and then you push in but uh, most abilities in the game, you need to like first hit the button, and then there's an animation that cues up using it, and then press another button to use the ability. And it's so slow, and with the time to kill being so low, it's very punishing. Like a, a, a really good 
um, character to, to talk about is like Jet, where Jet has these crazy abilities like a big, huge leap that can let her get up on boxes and get a vantage point that would otherwise be unavailable for most characters. But she has a like a cooldown like she she does it and then she's in a stun for a little bit so she's never she's not meant to be doing like a dash across the field into like instant headshots it's like you are dashing to get past a hall to the other side of like a hallway where someone's looking down with a sniper and you're going to move to a safe place or something like that like it wasn't like it's not meant to be like Overwatch, where you might be comboing, where you're always kind of comboing these abilities mid-fight, and you are what your abilities are. You're kind of like using these abilities to set up advantageous things, the same way you kind of would be in Counter Strike with like throwing, uh, buying a flash in the beginning of the game uh, and using them. Also, we haven't said uh, this. I think that abilities cost money, so it's not like an Overwatch character where everything is more cooldown based. And yeah, there are you just no get an ability. cooldowns in this game. Well, yeah. there are cooldowns. You have like a, so you have your signature ability. Like there's a, like Sage has her heal, and once you use it, it goes on cooldown for you know 25 seconds. Uh, then you have two purchasable abilities, um, and you know, then you have your ultimate ability, which is uh, charged when you get a kill or when you die. Or if you go to the middle areas of the map, there will be an orb that is contested between the two teams uh, to collect. Yeah, I think that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, I wonder how much, like, like those, that's one of those things where I want to see what pro optimization looks like. Like, I wonder if uh, people make strats around, like, certain ultimates or, like, uh, you go this route and fake push in to grab the ultimate orb and then we'll all go the other way and stuff like that. I don't know. So, yeah. so do you think? I, I don't think we ever like. I, I don't know if we got to it, but do you like? It's it's weird. Do you think that this will game? This game will be big. I mean, I I think that there will be a really good esports scene because it's a game with a really high skill ceiling. So people are able to do things like three v one, like one v three, and stuff like that, and do crazy crazy things. And I think people will love watching that. And there's already a lot of hype behind it. And people are already signing onto teams and everything like that. So, yeah. But how will the average player... Sure, but but think about it this way, right? League of Legends is not an easy game. League of Legends is a very complex game that requires a ton of knowledge. uh, But it's extremely popular, right? There are people who don't play any other video game except for League of Legends. There are people who, you know... Uh, their girlfriend who doesn't play any games, she'll play League of Legends, right? Yeah. Uh, it is like that. And I, I think that this remains to be seen, but I think Riot has a way of appealing to those people. Uh, I think that what we're seeing right now, this is the most competitive audience. There are going to be other game modes that are going to be more casual, and they're going to get that audience. They're going to capture the casual crowd. Yeah, I wonder if they'll have some sort of gun game or something like that. Um, I I think that I, I think that it's actually a smart move to to make a game that because I, I think companies have almost shied away from this, and there isn't uh, a great reason to. Uh, and what I mean is they've sh- shied away from putting more pressure on the player to learn and get mechanical skill and knowledge. And this kind of happened in fighting games too, like. At the same time that 
Street Fighter was dumbing a lot of their things down and making it so that the the uh, one frame links and some of the stuff that scares off you know frame data and some of the stuff that scares off new players were gone. I think that what happened was that they didn't successfully capture a lot of new players that stuck around for a long period of time and they frustrated the hardcore players and that was bad overall for uh the health of the game because you want those hardcore players and maybe a good tournament scene to make it so that if new players don't have those skills they're interested enough that they want to learn and i i I think that the it's like tekken where tekken stuck by its guns and was still largely an extremely difficult game to learn and they just added some kind of flashier rage art things to maybe give players new players a chance to steal around um but they still kind of largely put that brunt of that weight on the player's shoulders for learning matchups and learning uh really technical combos and learning frame data and not really originally putting any of that in the game and i think riots are doing a similar thing like we we're gonna give you this very hardcore game and even though most people wouldn't be bothered to learn it, if there's enough of pro scene and enough word of mouth, then people will actually be like, I want to be able to sit down. I want to be like the faker of this game. Yeah, they see and, something there is cool. a, and there's a pretty good training mode. There's a pretty good shooting a range. A fantastic training mode that they don't, uh, th- that I don't even think they needed. Yeah, but they put it in and it lets you, um, it's essentially like an aim, it, it's something that you would get out of an aim trainer game like Aim Labs or Kovacs where... Uh, not only do you get to test out the guns and the abilities, um, but you get to adjust the sensitivity to sort of dial it in. Yeah, I really like um, that. There's like an in-game sensitivity. Has, has been kind of a nightmare for me because I keep changing it and forgetting, and then I get into games and my aim is off. Uh, but yeah, the training mode is pretty decent. It's really good. Um, I think that I think that improving that is a really important thing for for riot i think that when the game kind of launches i i, I think that they should have uh some trials. like my ba- yeah like trials and like i am super new to the game and them just literally going one by one of like here's uh you know how you would spray and I, there's there's a lot of um they could do character trials also yeah. to like give you a um Maybe they give you an alternate skin or something if you complete their trials. Yeah, with like a hard AI that. that's stationed at certain points and you have to like flashbang and then clear AI that is like in random areas of a a yeah. uh, defender side kind of thing like that. I think that it'll be really important to... I think that they do this in the tutorial that, that, that you have to play before you're allowed to play the, the rest of the game. Uh, that they, they do talk about things like... Uh, don't move while shooting. It makes it more random. Uh, if you move slow, if you're if you're walking, um, they can't. Enemies can't hear you. If you crouch, you have the best reticle. Um, stuff like that. I think that's important, and it'll be more important to do some like sort of like spray trials or something like that. Um, that would be that would be a really interesting thing to yeah. to have. Kirby, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, more Valor. Uh, that was a long bathroom break. I know, no right? Longer than I thought it was going to be. You haven't been out of the bathroom in 
was it two weeks? A week. A week? Uh, something like that. It's yeah. been a while. It's almost like this is a two-part episode. So yeah. uh, if we said that we were like, oh, we'll get back to that. Uh, anything that we said we might get back to, we might not because it's been two weeks. And then more surprisingly, if we talked about something, we might just talk about it again. Yes. Uh, so we were discussing Valorant and uh, we've been playing Valorant for the last two weeks. We've been playing Valorant since we last recorded. Yeah. Um, some so interesting things have changed. Have changed. Yeah. Yep. Some, some things have changed, uh, but the core of the game is still the same. Uh, well, so let's talk about it. Um, at this point in time, it seems like they're moving into like a really open beta. I know that uh, yeah. Sean wa- went to Twitch and got it like a key right away. So I think anyone who really wants to be playing is in by now. Uh, the the um, I feel like the player base really rapidly changed with the widening of the game because it it like now we're getting a, a wider group to pull on. I feel like in the beginning. It was more like really the more hardcore people who were getting in were the people who like really wanted to play it. They were coming from CS um, and some from from League, but it was like huge disparities in play. It was like people who were were completely carrying alone, or people who like can't do anything at all and are like pretty much useless and are constantly making bad choices. Um, yeah. But now I feel like there's a there's a pretty wide uh, pool of players of all different skill backgrounds yeah, yeah backgrounds and skill, skill stuff so, so you, you see a lot of different weird stuff now um uh, yeah but still the, the i you know speaking of that the community is is super hit or miss like in all of these games uh you know we've talked in the past about the league of legends community uh but at the end of the day league of legends didn't have voice chat and valorant does which means that Valorant is even worse. Yeah, it's a huge. It's really weird because, well, voice chat is obviously so important, and uh, it's really important to get information from people. But it actually, I've, if anything, I've seen that it's less important than I would have thought. Um, some yeah. some some overarching things that are very easy to pin down, like this character just killed me at a. Even though, like the. You don't even need someone to say that. Yeah, the minimap. The minimap is so good. But I, I feel like um, minimapping is a League of Legends discipline, which means that there are people who are going to be really shitty at shooting, but who are going to be pretty decent at gathering information from the mini. Yeah. Luckily, um, I've got experience kind of with both, and, and so do you. So I think that we're a little bit ahead on minimapping than uh, some of our teammates. Yeah, it's. it also feels like... Um... It rarely does help that much because people. I guess it's all. It's the the people of all skills and uh, backgrounds kind of thing where they. I don't know. Like they don't talk. I think a lot of people don't think about things in the grand scheme, and I understand why. Like one of the main things that kills a lot of teams is probably just econ, like just snowballing, and that new players don't pick that up. Like new players, I think a lot of new players uh, are going into every round looking at how much money do I have. And how do I Jenga the purchase yes. to basically buy the best things for my buck? So that's called like a force buy where you are just like you don't have the money for that full buy for like the best things for for yeah. full armor and so maybe, a rifle. Yeah. So, so they'll just do you that. Buy like full armor and you buy like a like a shotgun or you buy like a stinger. Yeah. So people but yeah. I noticed that people will do that every round. 
Like, there's people yeah. who do that every single round. They buy as much as they can spend. And it leaves them, like, losing the game on econ alone. Because then you can have a game where it's, like, one team knows to save one round, and they get all rifles, and then that win plummets the other team. And then from then on, they just keep buying stingers and light armor. And they're they're yeah. they're spending all their money, and they're not, like, communicating... That they that they can't buy it all yeah, at the same time. Yeah, and it's interesting, right? Because what that's actually doing is it's limiting your entry points. Because if one team is on econ, uh, that primarily means that they won't be able to hold long angles uh, unless they're really good with the marshal. So that's another interesting thing. Like, depending on your skill level, there are low level guns that could be just as good as high level guns. With the biggest example being just the marshal versus the operator. The marshal is a one-shot headshot uh, at any distance, and the operator is a one-shot body shot yeah. at any distance. Um, but no one is so good that they're always going to choose the marshal over the operator. And we know this because of competitive CS, right? Yeah. Like, there are still people who buy the op even, you know, instead of the marshal because you can't count on that. Like, you, no one is nailing all the headshots, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's interesting because, yeah, econ does change your entry points. Um, because close up, it really doesn't matter if you have a Spectre or you have a Phantom. Yeah, I feel like a lot. I, I feel like I a lot has changed. It's it's a game with with um, games with really high skill ceilings. Um, I, I feel like I'm I'm playing so differently than I would have a week ago. Uh, that like just the way I move around the map or uh just generally do certain things i feel like all that's changed and i don't know if all of it's for the better it's like learning a skill is weird because you don't always go up sometimes like if you if you have something like a guitar or piano you can accidentally develop bad things or one week you're on and then the next week like you don't realize that you're starting to develop a skill in the wrong way and that you need to check it stuff like that like i i don't or that or other people are getting better and worse at the same time so it's it's been it's been yeah. like a really interesting week to see like the different so how is that bringing you into um valorant what do you think uh how do you feel like your skills are developing i feel like i'm overall getting better and like i'm, I'm kind of happier with what i did to like mouse sensitivity uh i i, I learned a lot more theoretically so i feel like um uh, that's a better thing the a week ago when we were recording the podcast i was i was forced buying every single game like I was really spending all my credits. Um, if I like had enough to buy, I would basically just buy the full armor. And if I had enough to buy even like a stinger or something, I would do it all the time, no question. And now I'm thinking a lot more about that um, and like why that's a problem, or trying to look also more at my teammates and see what they're doing. And if they're all yeah. going, maybe if they are all going big buys, maybe I'll get a stinger or something to be like, well, we're all doing big buys, so I should have something but if they're also kind of struggling then i try and just save yeah. it but if everyone else is going big buys you just go with them and then when they die you pick up their weapon yeah easy um i changed a lot with like my mouse sensitivity uh i think I, my yeah. mouse sensitivity was way higher and I, I i wanted to do like i was doing more thing i was actually in situations where people were so bad that like i killed someone in front of me while getting shot behind me and then spun around but it was in, I, I was listening to someone say like CS pros don't necessarily have a sensitivity like that because they imagine that like if there's someone that's behind you and they're getting shots off and now you know you're getting hit from the behind from the back that like 
you have like almost no chance. The time to kill is so low that you shouldn't yeah. have a sensitivity so high to make it so that in the one use case that you get a complete 180 and shoot someone in the head is not worth having such a high sensitivity that you're not aiming well. Yeah, my sensitivity is dialed so that I can turn I can turn 360 degrees if I drag my mouse all the way from the full left side of it to the right side, which means that if my mouse is centered and I pull it all the way um, to the right or left side, that I do a 180. Mm -hmm. So that's how I dial in my mouse sensitivity, just so that um, essentially halfway across is a 180. Um, and that's sort of how I think about it. I play it, um, my numbers are weird. I play at 600 DPI um, with like a 0.5 sensitivity. Hmm. What do you play at? I think I'm playing at 400 DPI with uh, 4.4, 454. That's very low. Wow. I, I know. I think I I think I want to do go up. I I want to go up a little bit because I was feeling a little bit um, hindered by that last game. Yeah. Like I wasn't making anything, but yeah. It, but that's it, where you get to with the bad habits, right? Because you want to find your sensitivity as early as you can, so that you can start developing the muscle memory around yeah. it. And and, and it's and then, it's hard because I I think yeah. even playing CS like for however many hundreds of hours it wasn't that much like 400 500 um i think i was changing my sensitivity a lot like having the good yeah, days and tough. bad days you'd start to think about like is my sensitivity too low or too high and then start messing with that yeah and that can be that can be bad um yeah and i also i i um use a lot of converters so i've been using the same sensitivity on um Valorant that I used on Apex Legends um, and that I use in like um, Kovacs and AimLab. So I, I've kind of carried my sensitivity from game to game. That's, that's interesting because I don't think like I feel like Apex I would be happy happier with a higher sensitivity. Uh, for me, it's just I, I the consistency is important to me. Yeah. Um, and also a higher sensitivity in Apex is actually bad. Because in Apex, you're tracking people a lot more. Yeah, that's true. Than you are in this game. So, um, I wanted to. So, like, I, I guess there's a couple questions that uh, that I would that I was thinking of that I don't think we've answered or touched on at all. Um, so, one of the things that did happen recently was that they had their first major balance patch, and it was pretty minor. Um, it was minor. Yeah, it was minor. We don't have to. I don't want to get too in the weeds in it, just because of the fact that. Um, uh, you know, a lot of individuals might not have even played the game. So and, one of the you know, main things I wanted to ask so is, is, like, how... Is is this a game that requires a lot of patches? Well, this know. is the... I mean, it depends, right? Like, this depends on how they want to, you know, treat this game. And it, it's hard because we know that Riot likes to put out bi-weekly balance patches for League of Legends. And it's interesting because it keeps the game fresh. And, and it's also kind of funny to think like, oh, balance changes keep the game fresh. When like League of Legends is already such a robust and complicated game uh, that has so many characters. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's this uh, design philosophy uh, that a lot of fighting games use where they say, we don't want to balance because we want to let players figure it out, right? Yeah, they literally um, said that in a video. They so, said that they don't want to respond. Balance 
Yeah, and, and in League of Legends, but what I'm getting at is that Riot Games doesn't let the community, they don't give the community enough time to, like, figure things out a lot in League of Legends. Yeah. In a way, they kind of do, because if they overtune a character, they tend to leave that character alone for a little while, and they tend to work on other characters instead. Like, you're not going to see them uh, buff one character one week and then in two weeks uh, adjust that same character. They usually let it sit for a little while. You know, maybe they'll tune up the counters of the character that aren't working out. Um, but but this is going to be challenging to see, like, is Riot Games going to adopt this philosophy in uh, Valorant? And, you know, another thing that I'm thinking of is uh, Runeterra comes out this week. And are they going to, you know, buff things in Runeterra? And my gut feeling is no, right? Because... In Runeterra, it's it's a card game, uh, so you want there to be some type of like semi permanence to someone's collection, right? Where you spend the energy to put together a deck, right? Like you, you feel good about it; it's like yours, and you don't want somebody messing with it, right? Yeah. So it's hard to continuously balance a card game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, like, how does Riot approach? um you know new games yeah like how do they like how much of the balance philosophy of league of legends makes its way into valorant and i don't think that we're going to be seeing as many balance patches in valorant as we do in league of legends yeah i don't um, think so either i i remember um it, it kind of makes me think of like when overwatch came out or when over when we were playing overwatch in beta i was thinking how much i wanted that game to have a lot of patches really quickly and I don't disagree with myself. Like, I would look back and be like, one of the biggest problems were that it was really boring playing healing and tank, healers and tanks, and you weren't playing a game that was like, you know, meant to be played healers and tanks and DPS at some point. Um, and once it especially got to that point and solidified, uh, it was really frustrating just being constantly pushed out of DPS to the point where, like, you have to play these less exciting, lower skill cap characters that you're yeah. learning more theoretically and not mechanically, and that there's no choices. Like, someone had to go Mercy, someone had to go Reinhardt. And because and isn't it, it funny, yeah, isn't it funny how you can spot those Overwatch players, like, from a mile away? Yeah, well, they power? say, they literally say stuff like, we need a, a Sage. I, yeah, so, we need a healer, which so is they, insane. But. They needed it, like, they needed patches early. I wanted that to be a really aggressively patched game, and this, I definitely don't think so. I, I really like the way that the game is. Like, I don't think that because Sage heals that you need a healer. I, I don't think that it'll ever really necessarily be that way because certain things like the time to kill is so low that um like like to to have a healer doesn't always make that much sense usually if you get caught out a lot of times that means unless you, you want to deal with the chip damage that other characters provide yeah um so i i, I agree with you i think that there there doesn't really need to be uh aggressive patching and that's why i like that uh so far in this week, Riot has put out a lot of statements, and uh, they're very communicative with their with the player base so far. And they they put out an extremely minor patch that I think had like three or four bullet point changes. Yes, and I think that that's a good way to go. I think that overall that's a really good way to go. That there's a 
a, a very good balance right now with what the characters do. And I don't think this is the kind of game that deserves like a hero every two weeks, um, like early League of Legends. You know, it doesn't deserve a hero. Ooh, every that month. was so juicy, though. And yeah, there's so many opportunities in this game. I think I, that there I, there are a ton of missed opportunities. I don't uh, know, man. I the the thing that I love about League of Legends over like so many of these hero shooters is just that like the fact that there are so many characters and sometimes there are very minute differences between characters makes it so that like you can have your character. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this guy is a Kogma, which is way different from being like a Tracer or, you know, like a Reaper. Yeah. Who like sort of fill these roles and they're like the only one, but it's like, no, I am a Kogma. There are characters who are like Kogma, like Jinx, but I am Kogma. Yeah. And and there's something there's something about that. And I think that there's so much opportunity in Valorant uh for unique characters. Um and obviously making characters is what's gonna make the money, right? Like that's where the money comes in. Uh and the skins. I think the skins will be the big thing. Sure, sure, but you can only I mean yeah, I, I agree with you. Um hmm, how do I how do I retort that? It, it's like so you have your weapon skins, right? And once you get a good set of weapon skins, uh I, I've always held this belief of like you don't need more than one skin for a weapon. Yeah, as long as as but, long as like you're and you're still enjoying that, and like one doesn't yeah. come out that you just like way more than that, because you can't go in with multiple. It'd be you know it'd be yeah. kind of interesting if they ended up having a randomized weapon skin, like whenever yeah, you they, pick they up. Ended up to, yeah, they did that in Path of Exile too, um, yeah. where your portal would be random every time you open it. Um, but yeah, you're but, right. There's only you can only have one of a weapon type, so the idea of having like five different skins for a weapon is like. Yeah, so in these games, I always ended up, um, in League of Legends especially, uh, I would get a skin that I really like for a character. And then I wouldn't worry about their other skins, you know? Yeah. Um, so once I got, like, Elementalist Lux, which is, you know, like, the expensive, like, $40 Lux skin, like, why would I need another Lux skin, right? Yeah. But I'm not always going to play Lux. Like, I'm going to play other characters. But I'll need a skin for those, too. So I think that the more characters they release... Um, the more people are going to buy skins. Well, they haven't even talked about skins yet. Um, I think it probably is down the road. I, I, I remember in the last, in the earlier version of this podcast, you mentioned that they might have a battle pass or what you just, you know, you just assume. Um, no, they but, will have a battle yeah, pass. Yeah, because it's in, there's like placeholder text in. And that's what you do. And battle passes are great. Yeah. Like people, like if you like to play a game a lot, then, then you like battle passes. Like yeah. they just. I love a battle pass because I like working. I like having that progression. And it was actually the one thing uh, that I felt was always missing in League of Legends was that idea that every game you're moving towards something. Yeah. And they eventually kind of got there when they introduced like the mastery system. Um, you know, they introduced. I, I I wonder if League of Legends has a battle pass now. But when we first started playing that game, it doesn't. But it has like doesn't it have? Um, I forget. Team what, Fight Tactics has a battle. Pass. I forget what they call it, but it, there's a thing that's like. Uh, like achievements like it like there's characters where it's like complete kill five people with the ultimate six times or whatever like mass like yeah. it's not a mastery thing but it was something and then else. you get like uh, like um unique stuff for them yeah you get like titles or, or something yeah. i think for the character yeah so Man, league of legends uh, the, i don't know about you but valorant makes me want to play league of legends a little bit i mean just because it makes me remember how much i i do like riot a lot as a company i think that they 
they handle things very well. It's exciting to see them coming out with new games and uh, being in more on the ground floor of some of them when like yeah. they've built up and you when I, I generally trust them a lot with a product, especially like their their current like they are they have been so just like they they're just been sweet talking. I feel like they just feel like everything they say a lot of times is what people want to hear. Uh, like yeah. they were, they were originally just talking about how much they, they, the, all these things that people that we kind of think about that they're thinking about those same kind of things. And I like that. Yeah. I mean, this is a game that's developed by like, um, professional X, yeah, players, XCS right? pro, pro like uh, volcano is like a CS pro. So it's like, you have CS pros that are developing the aiming, the shooting maps, you know, everything, everything like yeah. that. It'll be interesting to see like how they maybe grow the team afterwards too. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I do like the idea of having. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind them getting a little bit fast and furious with characters, for them to put in some more characters. I think that there are some uh, archetypes that are still to fill. Um, yeah, I do think it's hard because the game needs to have multiple characters that that do certain things because they're they're basing it off of Counter Strike, right? So um, if everyone in Counter Strike can buy flashbangs and smokes then it's kind of hard to to not just continually release characters that smoke or flashbang in different ways. Uh, you kind of have to do that always because you can't just now say we're done with flashing and smokes and the new characters will all do different things because you always need to kind of like have these basic concepts. Yeah, but, for there, but there are other ways to, to do it, right? Like there's no... there's um. I was saying there's the other day, there's no character that has a Counter-Strike style, like, true flashbang. Uh, like, Phoenix has a flashbang where he whips it around a corner. Uh, Forge has a flashbang that hits a wall and then comes out on the next area that it can come out on. But I don't think any character in the game has, like, an actual literal thrown grenade that flashbangs. So they could, like, throw a flashbang into the center of a room or something like that. Yeah, I also, you know, I mean... We could talk all day about types of characters, but I, I'd love to see a character that could sound bang, that could just like a decoy. I I, I know CS has like a yeah, decoy. Or, or could just like throw a grenade and then uh, in that area, like in a large area, think about like a Sova dart where anybody who's tapped by it can't hear for a second. Oh, that'd seconds. be oh yeah, like a yeah, that would be amazing to take away sounds so you could be able to to just run up and and gun a forge i think kind of does a similar thing to his with his like stun i keep calling him forge his name isn't forge brimstone and no it's not brimstone uh breach 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 is a character breach is maybe the greatest example of why they need to get skins in the game for characters uh well he's a really good example of like uh what we were talking about before um we I don't think we ever mentioned this on this podcast, but the earlier podcast we were talking about how bad the artwork is. I don't think that it's... I think it, it, it looks better than it did when we were first saying that it looked bad. I don't think it looks bad now. Um, I think it's really simplistic, and I understand why it's like a readability thing, but they're already talking about um, a new uh, aesthetic for Omen, and I think other than... What would it be? Like Cypher, Viper... Yeah. Um, maybe Jet. Uh, I feel like almost every character needs a visual rework because, like, Brimstone and Breach are both, like, white men with, like... They're just boring. Yeah, with, like, beards, you know? Like, they're they're kind of similar. And especially if you're, like, glossing over it, I don't think that anyone would be, like, 
oh yeah yeah brimstone or breach these guys are who i'm looking for it's just weird that that's what they look like i don't know they look a little bit too they look like skins they look like it's like uh like a skin that one of them the other one would have so i feel like the the character models are pretty boring um people do complain about the the guns right now i don't know what they'll do eventually i don't know if they'll make the guns either look way different on their base models or uh, do more to change the outline of the gun. I think both are good ideas. I mean, well, you I think it's better to change the, the outline of the gun right now because if yeah. you're going to do skins, then you'll get to a point where, like, if you still keep the guns, certain guns looking really samey on the ground, like the Spectre and the Phantom, which are both the two silenced guns and kind of look similar at a glance when you're when like the round is finishing and you're scrambling to pick up stuff. Uh, that's a big complaint that people have right now, and I think there should be a bigger differentiation uh, between those two models. Yes. So one thing I, I did want to ask is like, uh, and it like couples with the the changes. Is there anything that you think needs to be changed before it goes live? Like, what's a big thing? What are big changes that you you want or stuff in the game that you just hate right now? Well, I hate Ray's. I know. I still hate Ray's. Ray's got nerfed a little bit, and I still don't like her at all. And it's been bizarre to me to watch the community, uh, how like how pro players are like, she's horrible. She's the worst character in the game. They put her in like I've seen multiple pros put her in a tier that is like they literally deem unplayable, and she's not. Oh, she's kind of unplayable because she's not even allowed in the current like closed beta. Uh, tournaments they've ran because she's not in the spirit of the game so it's this like weird thing where it's like i don't know i don't know what it reminds me of like so let's um just uh for the for the folks at home so in valorant you know we've talked about this uh a lot of the abilities are utility based so there will be characters who drop smokes and uh you know who can flash around corners or do short range teleport tripwires and cameras yeah, and Ray's, um, she has a grenade, like a cluster grenade. Um, and a can... C4. Oh. Yes. But primarily, she's got like a grenade, she's got a C4, and she has like a boom bot that will like uh, roll down a lane, and if it sees someone, it'll, you know, go after them. And honestly, the only ability that I have an issue with is the grenade, um, because Riot advertised it as being like, chip damage and you know you could play around this ability but it's it's really hard it just it deals a lot of damage it'll deal like over 100 damage on top of the fact that she also has the boom bot which will also 100 to zero you um so when people say that this character is not in the spirit of the game it's mostly because her abilities uh kill you yeah where other characters typically are not doing that sova has a shock dart ability um that he needs to aim and it you know it's hard to like angle it around corners i don't think it 100s to zeros you. it does not i mean most it, of the a lot of the damage that is present in the game is more like to force people to do something like shooting a molotov right that's something that's extant in um cs and I, there are frags in counter-strike and i think they're they're really bad like people don't ever buy them because other than standing on top of them, they don't do any. They don't really do that much. They just do like mi- very minimal damage. Um, 
because they're just they're awful they're kind of obnoxious to have and, and counter-strike doesn't even have like a rocket launcher or anything like that um so she has all these abilities that kind of allow her to take the main point of the game the guns and aiming and the slower pace out of the equation by just like assuming that enemies might run down a hallway and throwing a couple of grenades i've seen a lot of times where like the boom bot is pretty annoying um it's very it's pretty fast it doesn't get slowed by um people and it does so much it like gives her a lot of information usually like where it's getting shot at if she just like throws it down into the open and sees like a gunshot from the left come out she like has an idea where people are and if she does it like throw it through smoke or around a corner and you're right there you there's almost no way to react to it in cases like that you basically have to like react to the initial sound of her putting it down rather than once it's seen you which it'll usually move too quick to be like taken out yeah i think she's a terrible character um i don't think that the the nurse were enough so i am in agreement that like she is probably one of the most standout biggest problems i hate seeing her all the time i hate the way she looks i hate all of her voice lines and i hate all of her abilities it yeah. she it wouldn't even like phase me if rays were taken out of the game entirely or just like reworked from the ground up like aesthetically voice lines and abilities which would make a different character so yeah, I think I agree with you that that's bad. I I was also um, more taking it in the route that uh, I think one of the big things that has been getting a lot of uh, conversation lately is probably some of the um, aiming while moving, uh, yes. the accuracy during walking, and also uh, that the spray patterns are RNG. Uh, that's something I actually I didn't know that going into the the, the podcast last week. I thought that spray patterns were uh similar to the cs spray patterns and they are for a certain amount of time and then they go into a randomized spray pattern so uh the first thing with the moving what do you think about that because i would just literally say i hate it um i think that move it like walking should also create a randomness to the spray pattern and that it should go into like the more counter-strike like people crouch when they really want to start to spray because they know that, like, at a certain range, you won't be able to hit anything while walking. I don't really have a opinion on this. I think that... So the way that it currently works is that the first few bullets while walking have no deviation um, outside of regular, but then uh, essentially if you're walking and spraying for a long amount of time, uh, the deviation becomes greater than if you were standing still. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't dislike walking while shooting. I mean, the game already has so much in common with Counter Strike, and I don't feel like this makes the game like more casual. Like maybe it raises the, like maybe it loosens the skill floor, but I don't think that it changes the skill ceiling in a remarkable way. It might be fine. Uh, you know, you know what's a bad uh, thought process that I think. Uh, people have right now, maybe including myself, and that's like, this is different from Counter-Strike, and so it should change. And that's a really yeah. bad way to think, is like, Counter-Strike has completely non like, has like very little, if no, variation, I think, in spray patterns as long as you're like not moving and crouched. And because of that, people learned to reverse the, the spray pattern with their, their uh, crosshair to be able to like generally spray in the same spot um and valorant like we said was like 
different. Um, that is that something you'd want to see change? Like, would you want to go to like no randomization hmm. in standing still or crouched? And then no, I don't think it. I, I don't think it matters. Like honestly, uh, so random spray. Like right now, the guns have a. Um, they have characteristics, right? Where they will, or rather, Riot says that they are supposed to um, have a somewhat predictable spray pattern up to a certain point. At which point, uh, they deviate, and then you have to try to control the recoil based on the movement of the gun. Yeah. Um, I don't think this is stream- like. Oh, continue. When streamers test this, though, they find that even the first few bullets uh have deviation um yeah. which which is weird that i that i really don't like obviously yeah the the deviation is typically like you can usually count on the guns to do um the same thing but slightly different yeah uh, for themselves um I, I i feel like i don't have much of an opinion on this because i i don't think about valorant as like a I'm just not thinking about these other games. Like I'm thinking about like, I want to up my skill in Valorant and I don't care personally if someone um, is able to walk in and shoot me. I mean, the the thing that you don't want, right? The thing that you don't want is you don't want to die because someone won a dice roll, right? Where someone is sprinting and they shoot at you and they get a headshot because they got lucky. But what's the... Isn't that always going to be possible? Like no matter what, yeah. Like yeah. that could happen in Counter Strike too, where someone just is sprinting, shoots, and gets a lucky headshot. Yeah, there's been like big moments. There's like a Counter Strike major where someone, but I think there also the deviation is like somewhat controlled, where it's like the jumping with the op in a like because everything was based on momentum, so it's like jumping with an op. You would know that at the top of your jump arc before you start going down or something that the shot would fire like heavily to the upwards left and because of that pros practice being able to do stuff like on certain maps there's like a famous thing with this guy cold zero i believe who was like looking down a hallway on this one map mirage and he's jumping up and no scoping with the op and he like gets a five like five people killed while no scoping with the op while jumping so uh I would like to see, I, I don't think it needs to be as, like, it, it has to be, like, a one-for-one one port of Counter-Strike, and people are like, Counter-Strike had perfectly non-random spray patterns, why don't, doesn't Valorant? Um, I could see the the um, use case for it, especially, I think Riot looks at things in, in like, long, long terms, and that if you're playing in five years, uh, that you only need to know a certain amount of the spray pattern and generalize that like you pull down into the left uh or down into the right and then not have to learn so much after that i know like the idea of having predictable spray patterns like i don't know why that is good for this game because that means that people are going to have an advantage for doing something that is so boring yeah like like i'm a proponent for aim training like i do a lot of aim training just like practicing like flicks and strafes and you know, dialing in sensitivity, uh, but I don't want to sit in like training mode and just practice the spray patterns for the guns I like. That yeah. doesn't seem fun. That doesn't seem like it's interesting to execute. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of like it. I did spend time doing that, and that was one of the big things that drew me to the game. I think you, you see it, though, in Valorant fine, like the times where 
you get that headshot noise, that juicy headshot noise, and you were kind of like you were doing the the pull down, and it did line up with like a perfect headshot, and it like that feels awesome, and that like your general muscle movement or control worked out really well. But I do think that like you shouldn't need to spray an entire clip and then know exactly where it's supposed to be. Like if you like what happened, you didn't hit all those bullets, right? Because if you did, they would be dead. So are you doing a thing where it's like you're you're doing that like people do it for transfers? What, yeah, what's the, I was, that's what I say, like a spray transfer to or, one or person for to the walling. Or or yeah, doing a wall. But um, if you're spray like so, so you're you know you killed someone earlier on. But if you spray transfer, then like wouldn't be it be fine if you just if people just had to learn to stop the transfer on the kill noise and then and then like flick to a head and then start to spray again. Yeah, and I and I also like Riot's response to this of like um, they want there to be variety in the way that people approach um, shooting where they want people to think about burst firing and single tapping um, as, as a means to, you know, have successful gunfights so that um, predicting, like, learning spray patterns and knowing that kind of stuff doesn't uh, take away from the variety of ways that you could approach a gunfight. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense. I think that's fine. And I think that um, I have faith in Riot to sort of adjust this game and, you know... Uh, keep it appropriate like i'm not i don't think that people on reddit know better than riot developers i don't either i do think that like at some point i understand the argument it's like a high skill cat skill ceiling game and the idea of like in five years or whatever that there would be pros that uh you know are perfect with spray patterns and they're doing stuff that like looks amazing from a spectator standpoint that's really cool um and that that won't happen as much but you'll still have everything else. Like, you'll still have the flicks and the general spray control stuff that'll look good, and you don't need to have people, like, spray an entire clip and then just, like, perfectly control it. Even uh, in counter whether or not people want to talk about it, I think that a lot of people are also coming at it from a ignorant point of view of counter-strike because you can also find tons of pros that are like, yeah, you practice spray pattern and transferring, but that's a skill that you never like are perfecting that's something where like you have a general idea of if there's someone else in a room how to adjust and continue spraying at that like part in the the pattern but usually you get to a point and it's like you've done it for so long in the spray that you should reset it up like you're you're just like it's gone out of control um so i don't think that i don't think it's a big deal i don't think that it has to be necessarily perfectly random perfect uh perfectly uh, controlled every single time but it, but you know what in in that same vein it, it is frustrating though that that um if it if there is uh randomness and deviation that like a headshot could happen with someone who is like nonsensically doing like spraying or whatever and it's like well that was a part of the spray pattern where it had become randomized so it didn't really it had to do more with like luck and you were kind of doing something general and the gun just randomly shot in this direction and that's bad like i understand the the from the counter-strike yeah. pro of like nothing should be deviated like if you're there standing still crouched like that you that nothing was left up to chance and when you're running like things are left up to chance that you know yeah um it, it's tricky but 
I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what else to say about it because I, I don't really have an investment either way. Um, they could keep change it or leave it, and you know, I I'll try to adapt to it, and it'll be fine. Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to talk about for changing is the uh, time, the length of the games. I don't know if we mentioned this, but they're long. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the games are uh, first to thirteen, and it's still even if we mentioned it, it still feels too long. Um, I don't think like I, I don't think we talked about. I actually don't think we got to this in the last one, but it's like I stopped playing League largely because League games are thirty minutes to forty five minutes. And if I was playing HOTS, that was like 10 to 20 minutes. And if you get a... I, I, it's great to have a longer game where it's more stressful at the end or it's close and it's interesting. But if you if something bad happens, like a lever or a bad teammate, then you're, you're so stuck in that. Yeah, for sure. What um, would you like to see, like... I, I, it would be a little difficult because there would be have to be there would have to be stuff done with econ to make yeah, it so that's that's the thing is that, like one of the things that makes these games like interesting is that um, throughout the multiple rounds that you play, which could be you know upwards of twenty rounds, twenty five rounds, uh, a meta develops inside the game that you're playing, like around the map and the way that it works. Uh, where you expect certain people to be in certain places, you're waiting for certain characters to use cooldowns, you know that this individual is a lurker, and that is something that is, like, um, you know, boosted because of the fact that the games are long enough to allow those things to develop. Um, And if they made the game shorter, uh, then you're losing that, and you're also losing the fact uh, that the econ is built around uh, having, you know, a set number of games. Yeah, I I really so go on. I really didn't like it in the beginning, but I I and I still don't know if I love it. I think that as long as there were modes like a free for all deathmatch that I could play without friends and feel like I still am getting to play the game and practice uh, yeah, when I want to like relax rather than like because it's not relaxing for me to to get home from work or something and it for it to be like let me roll the dice i got w- maybe one game in me tonight and i'm tired and i'm playing this tactical shooter that i absolutely love but that does like demand a lot of attention and yeah, i've got there's no time to like there's nowhere you can goof around in this game yeah i, like, I think like in in like call of duty or something when like the rounds are so short you could play like a game where it's like okay everyone's gonna pick riot shields and maybe you don't have to try very hard but in this game it's not like that, right? Yeah. But it cuts both ways because sometimes you have these really long games that you're just like, get me out of here. Um, but then on the other side, it feels really good to win these like long games, like where it's like, okay, we're just crushing them. Yeah. And, and you can't get one without the other, right? Yeah, the games are... I definitely think that that the uh, it's well-developed. The games are to the point where um, you can't do something new every round and because of that like you said the the people develop a meta you understand what the other team what the other team is capable of like you definitely get to a point where it's like no one's gonna buy an operator i know that they're just they they don't play like martial or operator so they're not great at the long ranges or at least they'll try and like tap you with a vandal you learn these things you learn like which routes they want to go and maybe there's a couple rounds in it where people do something to surprise you or you do something to surprise them 
but I think if it were much shorter that you could just, you know, win a couple games, uh, econ starts, you know, spiraling or whatever, and you could do stuff that just shocked people. You could do, like, those, like, goofy rounds of, like, we're all just running in with shotguns, and we overwhelmed it and took the point. And, yeah, that and would people be more... always save that for, like, the half round, right? Where yeah. it's, like, the last round of the half, people pull off some goofy stuff. Yeah, your classic Odin. But... Yeah, everyone takes an Odin and pushes C-Long. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I think I think that uh, maybe the the amount of time is fine. A- at least maybe it is for uh, ranked play and maybe for uh, casual play. Maybe I would like to see them limit it down to like ten rounds and then shorten the halves so that there was less rounds spent on one side. I think that's another thing you have to be worried about doing because uh, right now people can almost win a game. I think you can win like twelve games before the the half, right? Yeah. If I'm not correct. So you would so if you won twelve games on one side, then you would only need to win the pistol round of the next side. Which is crazy to me. Like you can there 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 is known slight favors of maps, and that doesn't play like really matter that much when people are if you're better than them, but if at similar uh play, uh like levels of play, I could imagine it being like this map just slightly favors defenders and they got ahead in one round and now they're snowballing it and they won the whole defender half and now they need to win one round in attackers, you know? So yeah, I would like to see just a a fun mode that, that uh, made it so that I could jump in more and not feel like I was married to it. And then for times that I knew that I had the time and the friends on so that I didn't have to be thrown into a random hopper, that I would then I would do the 40, 30, 45 minute games, you know? Yeah, like in Overwatch, it was nice to have uh, the one mode. What is it? The one where every time you die, you spawn as someone else? Yeah, what was that? Mystery Heroes? Mystery yeah. Heroes. See, yeah, there was, I, it was nice to have stuff like that. I always like stuff like that because it's light, but also... It's, you know, Mr. Heroes is a great, really good example because what Mr. Heroes does is it teaches you every hero in the game a little bit better. Uh, whereas if in, in the regular modes, it feels like you need to stick to that really uh, set style of play and that you can't pick two of the same character or whatever. Um, so that if someone's like, no, I'm just in, like, we're always going to have a Genji because people like playing Genji. If you have enough random people, there's going to be one that just wants to try and play Genji. Uh, so you'll never ever play that character, but then in Mystery Heroes is like you could get thrown this character and then start to try and figure out what they do more than you ever would otherwise. And I like that. Yeah. I really like stuff like that. I, that's that would that's kind of the purpose of Gun Game. Like I've said, like Gun Game would be good for teaching you different guns and how they feel at different ranges, and you're just like screwing around a lot on the map. I think that's a good idea because it just gets people more familiar, and the map familiarity is like such a big thing in this game. Yeah, that was something you wanted to talk about. I think uh, just like the way that the maps feel now that they're more lived on, I think is really interesting because there's definitely the 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 player meta that you see within that group of players they are fighting and playing with, and then there's the overall meta of like what are areas that people like or don't like. Yeah. So for example, you can always expect like a brimstone would want to be in the center of a map. So yeah. that he can spread out like his smokes, um, and like same thing with like Sova. You want Sova to be in an area where uh, he could like where a good Sova player could shoot um, his arrow and you know figure out where people are. And sometimes those angles are only on one side of the map. Uh, 
So yeah, that meta definitely is still developing. And uh, I think that we'll probably see it mostly appearing at high tier. I don't think people who are like low tier in the game are going to be worried about like which character goes where. Yeah. But I'm, I'm also kind of talking about like how people favor certain parts of the map. Like I noticed that there's just certain things where you can always expect an enemy to be or be covering and you can almost like generally expect attackers or something to be going certain routes. Yeah. Uh, so I've, um, I've, I've thought that was, I've, I've been thinking that's pretty interesting and it's like, that's one of the important things for getting better at the game is that when you know that uh, where people like to hide or where people like to surprise someone from that, uh, you can not be as much surprised by it more like understanding like these are really common things that people like to be yeah at. do you worry that when the game gets um maybe you know after a certain amount of time uh some characters uh are just exposed to be really bad picks um, i think that you know. that's kind of like a guaranteed thing over time with a certain amount yeah. of characters too i think it would be hard to continually add characters and not and have them all be like a hundred percent pro viable a lot of times. Well, one difference though is going to be maps, right? So as long as you have certain things where, uh, like Viper can perfectly on the map split, uh, completely wall off with this crazy setup, can like wall off and poison everything on the B side of the map, I think, and yeah, or it's A side. It's A-side. She's still con- she's considered to be like the worst character in the game right now, and that one tactic is her like only saving grace. She has a couple more of those, and I think that she's definitely a character that will eventually just become more of that, like more crazy setups. And but my my point wasn't even necessarily to say that about Viper. It was just to say about the way that the map works. Like if they come out with a new map, uh, which of course they'll do. Um, there will likely be things where people will be like, oh, Cypher has a one-sided blind smoke on this map at this point. And yeah. those those kind of things will influence picks, I think, forever. Because I'm sure that in pro play, that it'll be the same. Where they, they see the map first, and then they pick the characters around their team or what they like or the map. So I think that there will that will be one way to, to watch people always gravitate to different characters. Maybe that's how you make bad characters good is like they're just they got some you know tricky or good gimmicky actions on certain maps yeah but but you want every character to work on every map like i don't think yeah i don't think that i don't know i couldn't think of any examples right now where i would say don't absolutely don't go a certain character on a certain map yeah i can't think of any and and you it's it's weird because this was a thing in heroes of the storm also where certain characters were definitely better on some maps rather than others. Abathur, you know, being an example of a character that's really solid on a three-lane map because he could just appear on, you know, top and then, you know, disappear and be bottom. Whereas in a two-lane map, he was a lot less interesting. Yeah. Um, League of Legends never suffered this problem because League of Legends only has one map. Yeah. Which helped them a lot. I mean, that's that's a that makes it a lot easier for them to balance around um as explosive and as big as like uh you know the week one numbers would suggest or do you think that this is a uh 
a hot novelty right now that people are going to fall off of and go back to their other games? I, th- I still think that's a good question. I don't know if I have a great, like, 100% answer to it. I think I would have said originally, like, uh, there's no chance just because it's Riot and they're doing a really good job and there's a lot of hype now and I think that those people will stick with it. Uh, but I guess, I-, I guess I would still kind of err on that side. I still think that, that there's really no way that, that, like, the servers shut down in two years due to uh, failure. I-, I-, I think that the it'll be... The question will be whether or not it's a good niche game that some people know and play and then come back to during big updates or it's league of legends where where it's just a constant evergreen game for so many people that it's like a a, a zeitgeist that's like a constant thing within the it's just a staple yeah. um and I i'm guessing that they're going to be like supporting this game financially in terms of uh and also you know uh getting some sort of uh pro scene up and running for it yeah, I think they had done. They 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 were generally like, we want to wait and see how it pans out. Uh, I guess that will be the big thing that will 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 expand its life. I think the pro scene is such a big deal to League of Legends. I don't think that like you would nearly have the amount of people playing unless it didn't have such a nice, interesting pro scene with great stories and you know great plays and it's all like really well produced. So seeing what they want to do if they want to let the community grow it or if they want to watch that for a little while and then do like similar to the LCS like if they'll do like a completely riot funded league with like riot style presentation and casters and everything that'll yeah. be interesting to see i think that'll be uh, how they handle that stuff will be a big portion as long as they have a really good pro scene i think that there will always be an influx of players because people will see that and want to play it even down down the line there'll probably be things where it's like this person didn't think the game was that interesting two years ago but now that they're watching high level pro play they're like oh these characters that are currently in the game are amazing and these players are so good and this one play that was like upvoted to the top of uh just general reddit or something yeah, is the Daigo Perry of valorant yeah is the Daigo is like the Daigo Perry and that's the kind of thing that'll probably get people into that game in a yeah. long period of time what do you think because um, you didn't really answer that question what do you think like you've been playing for a little bit do you think that it has is it like a really awesome game or that that's just a flash in the pan or is it long-term viable so like most of these games i know that i'll be playing it for as long as other people play it um and i think that a lot of people approach these games in that way uh and in terms of pro players Pro players are going to play um, where they make money, where the viewership is, um, which means that if Riot puts out money and the game is good, uh, pro players are going to play it and, uh, you know, the zeitgeist is going to stay up. um, And that means we're more likely to play it for an extended period of time. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. Um, Yeah. I think the game has staying power. I think that... um, one of the reasons why Siege is so celebrated is just because it is a shooter game. It is a, a shooter game that isn't like other shooter games uh, that's being constantly updated, being constantly made better, having new things added to the game. Uh, and I think that there's still space um, for another shooter like that to exist. Um, 
I, I'm assuming the Valorant is going to end up being more popular than Siege when it releases. So yeah, I think that it's going to stick around for a while. And you know, as long as Riot wants to support it, there will be people playing it. One thing I really like about this style of game is like a thing that makes me uh, that gets me excited for the long term future of Valorant is like it is a really uh, skill based game and uh, with counter-strike i spent hundreds of hours practicing a lot of these things and then when i recently came back to play with uh galloway that uh i i had a lot of muscle memory for that like i was already noticing that like i remembered a lot of the old maps and i remembered to like you know uh slice the pie kind of like the way you move with the with your uh crosshair on a corner and then to just like drop into a crouch the second i saw someone and start firing and I wasn't like, you know, doing amazing, but I I was doing pretty well for someone who was like just coming back and hadn't played for years. So I think that that that, like as long as when you have a game that requires all this muscle memory, it's a similar thing to like a fighting game. Like sometimes I'm able to like pick up a fighting game and not have thought about it in a year and then just start doing combos because it's something I practiced so much. And this is a game that like as I'm playing it, I'm thinking about it so much. So that stuff comes will like come back over time i think that's it's cool to be able to like practice something and learn it as much of a skill uh when it's this difficult you know do you think you could go back to league of legends and just like inherently remember last hitting um yeah i think that there is like a i i I would do it worse i'm sure it'd be like i would do it worse than i did before i had left but that a lot of things would come back uh really quickly i mean i still have like ingrained in my brain like this the amount of health yeah, that, like a caster minion or like a, a melee minion would need for me to like last hit it. Yeah, or I re- like, I remember like orb walking and stuff like that. Yeah, or like uh, two tower hits to a melee minion and then you last hit it. Uh, there's yeah, there are some things that are just like ingrained in there that I know I won't forget. I think we had like recently or like not really recently, but maybe like last year at some point, maybe last summer. We would we uh, downloaded League and tried to play yeah. it. I forget if we did successfully. Like I think we might have like played one game and it sucked yeah, or something. That was years and years ago. Oh yeah, actually. But yeah, I think that, that there was a time where we ago. had quit for a while and then played a game or something, and yeah. that it largely felt good. Like it largely felt like I remembered it, and that when you're when you're doing something for that long and it's that you know skill based, you really do get a lot of like muscle memory and stuff for it. Even when I was coming back to like HOTS, I felt like I, I, I had more recently played HOTS as well. Yeah. And that like a lot of that, just the general play style and movement just came right back to me. Yeah. It's definitely good being on the on the beginning of this because I think that uh, whether or not, like I said, whether or not it's like the biggest thing in the world, it'll still be something in years to come. Yeah. It's, it's, that is exciting. It's with, with skill-based matchmaking, it's, um, it's it's kind of hard to tell when you're getting better. Um, yeah, because your opponents are getting better. Yeah, one thing that's like different in like Counter Strike, uh, and when I mostly played Counter Strike, it was when um, dedicated servers were like the ways that you would find games, uh, and you know I would be able to stomp people sometimes. But in games with skill based matchmaking, it's a it's a little bit less so in that way. Yeah, I mean but, it, it. It's still. It, you you don't you do feel those games where you walk in and people don't know how to play. It's amazing how much skill 
uh, actually translates to playing because you could just have one good player on a team and like largely that's enough. Yeah, and that also um, is what separates games of League of Legends from games like Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, uh, and games like Overwatch, where and Overwatch or uh, you can have like a shitty team and there's nothing you can do about it. You'll never be able to make it happen. Um, but in games like, uh, to an extent, League of Legends, but more so in Valorant, you actually, if you are skilled enough, you can pull it off against a whole team. Yeah. It's, a, it's like an incredible feeling, too. And I that's an important thing for the long-term viability. I think that's when pros can do stuff like that and show big 1v5 plays, that will always be exciting to watch yeah i got a six person ace uh recently i know the, the sage res someone and then you killed them but they didn't say anything i wanted i wish that like there were a voice line yeah super aced something like that uh so is that valorant i mean excited you know to see where this goes uh ranked comes out in a week or sooner i think ranked comes out on tuesday yeah actually it's you need five players for that right no, it's a flex. Oh, okay. So one, two, five. Do you think that's Imagine something like five. they are resetting it? So do you think that's something that you just do all the time? Um, I don't know. Like I, my philosophy in League of Legends is if I'm gonna play by myself, then I may as well just play ranked because who cares? Um, and it was kind of the same thing in that I felt in Apex Legends of like, well, we're here, we may as well just play ranked because why not? Um, and I don't see why it's any different, but it'll be nice where once ranked comes out, y'all have that opportunity of like, you just got home from a day of work and you kind of just want to fuck around. Uh, so you could choose to hop into an unranked game instead and And just roll the dice. Hope that you got a bunch of scrubs you can stomp on. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, Galloway's back, um, which means that it's time for us to get back to fragging. Yeah, thank uh, you, Ryan Galloway, for coming back, and also for the music. Uh, we use the intro revive off the the intro and outro revive off the new album Beyond the Fleeting Gales. Uh, you can yeah. find you can't find them at the Run for Bandcamp, I believe. And uh, but thank you. I, don't, yeah, I forgot know, there was something else I'll, I wanted to say. I'll find some time next week to talk a little bit about um, Fallout seventy six. I've been playing that. That's so confusing um, to me. Is it good? Yeah, it is good. Um, wow. They recently added in the um, Wastelanders update. Uh, so there's like an entirely new storyline uh, that they put on the game that includes you're making choices. You're essentially playing um, a Fallout game that is less role-playing um, and more exploratory in what I would consider to be the most beautiful uh, Fallout world that has ever existed. And I know that's a low I am, bar. Right? I am so that's interested to even talk about that considering what that game is and came yeah. out like and but fallout 76 actually like the landscape is so gorgeous and like currently the areas that i'm going to are so like fascinating um that i'm i'm enjoying it but you could definitely tell like this is a weird mmo thing like it's an mmo thing not an mmo but like a weird like in between um, but it's good. I like it so far. That's a good teaser, and too, because I, I would not have imagined to hear good things about that game. I, I held off for a while, because when I saw that game, I was like, when it first came out, I was like, I mean, yeah, I'll try it. And then I watched some streams, and I was like, no fucking way. Other than, thinking. like, the negative press, there was also, like, just a series of bad choices that even I heard about not playing that game. Stuff like, 
the game is doing abysmally, but they've got like a hundred dollar premium subscription that had yeah. like extra storage, and then the storage was bugged and it lost all the. So the people who paid more money got big amounts of storage that was bugged that lost all their items, which sounds about like what I expect from Fallout. But yeah, but it's been it's been decent so far. I mean, it's it's not a good Fallout game, but it is, I think, a good game. Okay. Um, and I'll talk a bit more about that next week uh, if I um, end up playing it. But it's so hard to play things that aren't Valorant. So. Thank you, James. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, this has been What's the Deal with Games. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I was. I don't know what I was expecting. I. Was, I feel like when you you drew that breath, I was like, wow, he's gonna surprise me with something good, and then now I'm back. <laughs>